What's up? Is your boys Jordan and Abraham? As you all know, he's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. And I'm an MD PhD student, so I'm your smart friend. But most importantly, we are your friends who read One Piece. Man, I, I gotta say, I'm liking how confident you're getting with being the smart friend now, man. You didn't uh, even you didn't even I, add a you didn't even add that you didn't say you didn't say you know. I guess you know you are our smart friend, and I'm really glad that you're beginning to feel confident with that. I, I've accepted that this is just gonna be the way things are, <laughs> and I've decided to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get on and talk about this chapter because a lot had Oda was cooking in this chapter. He really oh, was. Chapter 1106 was phenomenal. Can you give me a rundown of the things that happened? Uh, yeah, man, we had a lot going on. Here's the stuff we're not going to get to get to today because there was so much happening in this chapter. Still think, being able to think about Luffy's power. He bounced back. We're ready for Luffy versus Kizaru round two. It seems he's able to get himself back ready with just a little bit of food. Didn't need, didn't need Kuma to come and get him or anything like that. I've been crazy, but that's crazy. wondering. <laughs> Secondly... At what point is someone too strong for a buster call? Third, a lot of just beautiful shots of Bonnie this week. She's watching the pacifistas in sadness at first, seeing Nika sort of crying in awe of everything as we moved around the rest of the chapter. Really, all of those frames of Bonnie were completely beautiful. And the giant robot, which I promise we'll get to next week, but today we don't have time because we got a lot on our plate. A lot. A lot was happening in this chapter. We can't even talk about any of that stuff. No, man. But, you know, we, we had an official prediction. We did. And I really felt like we had a good prediction. But the first thing that obviously we've got to talk about is those people who are coming to end up rescuing the Straw Hats. It turned out that it was not, in fact, Cross Guild, as we might have liked. But yeah. it was Corey, Broggy, and the Giant Pirates. You know, I want to say real quick, as much as I loved our cross guild prediction and I believed in it, I thought it was the best one we came up with. I did say beforehand that Saul would become. I, I was kind of in the right, you know, yeah. Saul coming from <laughs> Elbaf. I kind of, I, I was, I was going in the right direction. I'm not gonna lie to you. The thought did cross my mind where I thought. <laughs> I swear to God, if Saul is on this ship in two weeks, I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, if Saul's on this ship in two weeks, man, I'm in big trouble. I was led astray, <laughs> led astray by my friend. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man, because Saul being on the ship, I would not mind. So I think you said Nico Olvia and Saul. To be fair, yeah, which is just like a people coming from another arc in the past from O'Hara saying, "Oh, we ended up." First of all, Nico Olby, it turns out, is alive and is just running around with Saul and to be ready for this. If Saul ends up being part of the giant pirates, I have no problem with that. But it's definitely awesome to see Oda bringing these characters back. And I know one thing that your favorite YouTuber, Yudaron, the Japanese guy who talks about numbers and everything, uh, always brings up is the chapter numbers and saying one thing that what Oda does is in the current, don't give me that face. Don't give me that face, Abraham. Don't <laughs> him. And I'm saying, if you this. start, let me just say, if you start changing up the numbers and be like, 
We're at 1106 in chapter, like, I don't know, 611. <laughs> the title was, if you say something like that, I swear to God, I'm leaving this. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's not, it's going to be kind of close to that, <laughs> but not quite. So one of the things that Uteron theorizes about is Oda using similar chapter titles to have things with similar themes. So, for example, chapters that are like, you know, 1,104, one of the chapters that's very similar to that is, no, in number-wise, is 114, right? 114. Now, in what chapter, Abraham, do you, you think the giants were introduced to this story? I'm going to guess it was sometime around chapter 114. Not well, no, because this is not one hundred. This is not eleven oh four, man. It's eleven oh six. Is it uh, one sixteen? One. You know, hold on a second. Actually, hold on. I'm going back to get my manga out of, out of here. Because you saw me, you saw me going back two seconds mm -hmm. ago. The beginning of chapter one hundred sixteen. That's the, crazy. The, I, it feels like it should be later because they entered the grand line at chapter one hundred. And then they have the to big, go through all of Whiskey Peak. And... The introduction. Look, you see this right here? Chapter 116, big. The introduction of Dory and Bragi is in the chapter with the number that resembles the current number. That's nice. That's, that's really come on, nice. Man, that's kinda, come on, man. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of a coincidence? <laughs> but we know Oda kind of plays games with the word plays we know he kind of builds things based off of the chapter numbers sometimes just for fun and it's sort of this fun. is this is why let me tell you something you took issue a couple of weeks ago with me not trusting <laughs> your Japanese translation this is why I don't trust any of you guys who just speak Japanese fluently and tell us to trust you and take you at your words. Because you guys are just like, we all know Oda does X, Y, and Z with wordplay in Japanese. And then <laughs> all these non-Japanese speakers like myself are just like, oh, uh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess we just have to accept that this is a thing that Oda does rather than just being some massive coincidence that <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced there's a conspiracy by all of you Japanese speakers <laughs> to make more of this. I want you to go buy some One Piece volumes, Abraham, and look at the SBS because Oda talks about, this is how he decides a lot of the characters' birthdays. Now, you'll read it and be like, this doesn't make any sense to me, but you can tell, now that you know, you know what I'm saying, you got these these highly educated, very cool people who know Japanese in your life, and you can you can tell from how he's when when people in the in the SBS in the question corner are asking about can I name this person this birthday? It's like oh you know, like fire fire fist ace. I don't know you know it, like like it's all the bounties like he he chooses those things based on that and so I think it's really interesting to see okay. to at the very least theorize that he's playing with the titles of the chapters in this way. And when big coincidences like this happen, I don't know. Is it coincidence or is it Oda's masterful planning? Okay. Also, just so you know, Bonnie's word, the, the wordplay of Bonnie's bounty is sunny. Just so you know. 
So she she's joining the joining the Straw Hats. You think? I think I think she's joining the Straw Hats. Okay. I mean, I I've already said. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that I believe she's gonna join as like a cabin girl kind of role, kind of like Shanks on Roger's ship. But we're getting a little we're getting a little sidetracked from the chapter. Right, the right. Giant right. pirates are on Egghead. Yeah, very exciting. What do you think, I think when you it's, panel? Oh, I thought it was amazing. First of all, I got hyped because Dory and Brogy were, I don't want to say some of my favorite characters from pre-time skip, but in terms of like side characters, you know, Island specifically, I, I loved their whole backstory. Their whole conflict was hilarious. Whereas like, mm -hmm. we don't even remember why we started fighting, but you know, our pride won't let us stop. So it was really exciting for me to get to see them reintroduce into the story. It makes perfect sense given that we know Elbath is close to Egghead. I'm honestly kind of surprised that we just overlooked the idea that it would be the Giants coming, given given that we knew that geographically. Uh, I'm also really hyped to see how strong they actually are because we when we saw them what they have that incredible feat with like the island eater goldfish with their broken up. 100-year-old weapons, right? So with modern right. uh, weapons from Elbaf, I'm sure I'm sure these guys are like above like vice admiral level easy. I don't think they're they're pushing someone like Kizaru, but they're they I mean they're they're legit legitimate threats and I think they're pretty clearly going to be a part of the of the grand fleet going forward. I was wondering the same thing. I think I'm really interested in how strong Dorian Bragi are because a sea king is not something that we've really seen people make quick work of they're yeah. there we know we're getting stronger but we never have really reached the point where we are there's never been a reason for us to have a feat of anyone fighting them who we actually have any sense or idea of how strong they are but we do know that Shirahoshi's status as Poseidon one of the ancient weapons is just being based on the idea of being able to actually control these things so the idea that both of these dudes who are like how old are they like 180 or something like that yeah, 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 yeah. they're super old right they, they are not well, in there anymore for giants just, 180 is like what probably like 40 or 50 because they live to like 300 that's still not in your prime you know what i'm saying that's yeah. still that's still, <laughs> that's still older now and we don't know how many people if they're aging like whitebeard or aging like hedrudin right not even, <laughs> like Chin Zhao, right? Yeah. So it's, I got you. I got you. <laughs> it's to be determined, but I think the the question of I think that that feat is going to be something that because we read it at a time when we didn't really understand how big the world of One Piece was going to be and how strong people were going to end up being, we didn't really appreciate in the same way as we will right as we will coming later. Yeah, yeah. They also really have me excited. For the growth I expect Usopp to get in LF coming up. Hey, say more about that. Yeah. Um, what else happened in this chapter though? We need to hit on Vegapunk. You know what, no, no, wait, no, I got more to say oh. about the Giants, man. Like, oh, oh sorry. Usopp growth. I you ever use some Usopp growth, man? I, I'm also really intrigued because the Giants are sort of one of these ancient races. Yep. Dory and Bragi seem to be running up knowing stuff about Nika. Yeah, it's interesting to think about how much these diff different races actually know about the legend of Nika, because the impression that I've gotten from the story so far is that the ancient kingdom was allied with all of these different non-human races, right? The Minks, 
Fishman, the Giants, all of them, the Tontata. Um, and whether Nika is just the label given to the leader of the ancient kingdom or whether this is actually like a mythical figure, it seems that all of these different tribes kind of have a figure that they worship to some degree, right? That is like a sun god, like some some liberator, right? The Buccaneers, I think, have it fleshed out the most in terms of them actually having a label of Nika. And maybe the Buccaneers are were the people of the ancient kingdom that were allied with all of these non-humanoid races. And maybe that's why that history is a little bit more fleshed out there, but yeah. Well, they don't all have the name Nika, but it's never just a random concept of a liberator, I think is really important to say it's not like some people have a moon god and some people have an earth god and there's all these random ideas of what's this liberator thing it's fishman island there's stuff about the sun god there's it's sky island there's stuff about the sun god it's elbaf they're clearly talking about a sun god and whether or not they use the term nika like the buccaneers do yeah to me it seems interesting that Albaf being one of these lands that I guess we don't really know if it's part of the world like probably is but the I, don't fact think, that, I don't think they're part of the world uh, okay I guess not well if it's part of Shanks' yeah. territory I didn't oh because it's not part of the world it was, yeah it's part of Shanks' territory it's not yeah. part of the world government yeah so it's not part of the world government but it's a place that it seems like people have there's like a deep sense of culture a deep sense of sort of passing down history you know we we sort of in big mom's flashback even when we get a sense of Albaf understand that there are a lot of traditions and traditions and celebrations that also are around worshiping a sun god at some level and so i think that's really i think there's a lot of potential for understanding when we go to albaf uh, that we're going to end up getting a lot more from dory and bragi not to mention like they could even they if they knew about it they could have even recognized that from the time when they saw him earlier on, they could have been like, oh, this guy really has the properties of his legend that we've heard in the same way that Kuma did, which could be really an interesting possibility for the story. Yeah, the thing is, I don't, I don't know how much these races actually know about Nika in that way, right? Whether or not they know this is related to like the Gomu Gomu no Mi. Like, I don't think Dorian Brogi would have seen Luffy back on Little Garden and been like, he has the same devil fruit as this legendary figure or the same abilities of this legendary figure, right? It, was, it seemed like everyone kind of... Um, it became clear to everyone that Luffy is the embodiment of Nika once he awakened his fruit, but for some reason, no one is aware of the connection between the rubber rubber fruit and the sun god. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it would go all that far back. It could be true, but it, the fact that it's Shanks' territory, the person who actually stole the fruit, and the fact that that might be a place where he might have learned of the legend, things like that, there do seem to be a number of possibilities that could make me feel really good about the idea that, you know, we've been seeing people kind of, whether it's in Little Garden, whether it's Crocus, etc., yeah. help sort of pass this will along and help these people along, even just the way we see Kuma, yeah. now we know his backstory, having gone back to help the Straw Hats, but Either way, I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see what they bring to the story beyond just showing up after a long time. For sure. Now, the next thing that happened in the chapter was Bonnie having the ultimate control of the Seraphim. 
And I really want to say, because, you know, you've already been hating on Uteron today, man. You've already been hating on Uteron today, very disrespectfully. I am so mad that I didn't bring this up because <laughs> one of the theories I thought I was going to bring up was Uteron in his 1105 video said Bonnie might have get control of the Seraphim. He actually, was a, it was a theory he came up with four months ago. Yeah. And he said it again last week. And I thought, I can bring this up in a week or two. It's like, chill, whatever. I'll say it once. I said, man, I, like, it was so right. Uteron was you nailing missed it. missed your chance. I mean, you missed your I would have 100% told you it was an F-class theory. Man. That's the thing. I, I would have said I would have said it was an F-class theory, and then I would have called in sick next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the moment that I was robbed of with this, <laughs> yeah, yep. I would have been up in the Discord server. I would have been on here starting the show talking about <laughs> this darn Bonnie and the Seraphim. You know, I'm not a religious man, but sometimes I appreciate the big guy for looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell your Ethiopian parents, or your Eritrean parents who said that now. Uh, but yeah, no, it kind of, it makes sense in hindsight with Vegapunk's explanation. He's just like, I, I think the worst possible, I can't imagine a future where you're killed by your dad. Right. So I, I love how Oda actually explained that in the story rather than it just being a random act of rebellion by Vegapunk. Right. I really also do think it throw it, it changes the the numbers game, I feel like, for the final war, right? Because so much of the 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 fleet of the the world government and the the Marines are are these pacifists that they've invested, you know, so many, you know, so much time and money into into this uh pacifista project. And all of a sudden, like Order 66, they're they're um they're on the other side, you know. Order 66. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically what it is, right? Right, yeah. Well, I think one of the things I really like, just sort of following up on that, in terms of why it doesn't feel cheap to me as well, is I think there's... If it, if it was working out in a different way, you could really make an argument like, how in the world did Vegapunk do this with no one knowing anything? Like, that's ridiculous. How could this be this way? But the fact... It's the fact that no... Who would ever know until we were in literally this exact situation? Exactly. There's no reason for Saturn to suspect that Vegapunk had rebelled. There's no reason for Bonnie to have randomly controlled the Seraphim. Although it would be really interesting to go back to Sabad to see if there's ever any kind of like a hint about this, whether or not. Well, I double checked and Bonnie was, I think, one of the only supernova that didn't run into a pacifista. At least wasn't shown to run into a pacifista back on Sabad. We saw yeah, like X-Ray, Rouge, Hawkins, Killer, Law, Kid, all of them run into pacifistas, but not Bonnie. That's a really that's a really great pickup. Because I think it makes a lot of sense to be able to look back at that now and say, bro, Oda was cooking this all those years ago yeah. in Sabahadi, making sure yeah. that that he didn't show Bonnie running into Takuma. But so I think you know it. It feels like a really nice way to both give the Straw Hats a way out of Egghead. Yeah. Potentially, I know this would be the first, 
for someone like me who was a big, I would love to see Luffy and Zoro team up or Zoro to deliver the final blow to Kaido. I know we still haven't had an arc where Luffy isn't the person who defeats the main villain, besides Marineford, obviously, but you know, I have a whole different situation. But <laughs> I think this would be a really great way to see Saturn, who has regenerative abilities, actually just be completely annihilated by just sheer force of pacifista blast mm. fire yeah yeah i well you see you've known for a while that i think saturn was going to die by the end of the arc right which I'm, one, I'm i'm here for saturn dying i just yeah yeah, yeah. The, one the, qual and... the, the one problem i've always had with it i guess that i've never voiced is that luffy doesn't kill his enemies you know he's not the type right. of, of character to do that so if it were to happen in, in the arc, it would make more sense to happen in that kind of way. If Bonnie, you know, Bonnie's seen all of Kuma's memories, she's aware of the kind of pain Saturn has inflicted throughout her dad's life. If right. just out of vengeance, she's just like attack Saturn and they just keep on attacking him until he's dead. Like Not that. to mention the fact that we've gotten this whole backstory from Kuma such that it would make it really cathartic to see like yeah Vegapunk didn't want to see Kuma actually destroying Bonnie so it would be incredibly cathartic to actually see all these pacifistas made by this completely non-violent guy who did it all for Bonnie at Bonnie's orders completely tearing this person the Elder Star to shreds yeah. I think there's also so much more possibility though here for when we talk about what is the Egghead Island incident it's like oh wait the government's about to lose a major part one of their forces in the pacifista yep. and also with the whatever you call them seraphim that's really going to be complete are the seraphim also going to be obeying bonnie because that would really change the complexion of the balance of power i don't think so i think the only possible one that might is espair the rest mm. of them i i think there's no way because the motivation oda gives us in the chapter is not like this wasn't an act of betrayal it was an act of betrayal by vegapunk but it was he didn't do it for the sake of being rebellious he did it because he's a kind person and was like i don't want to imagine what it would be like for you to be attacked by your father that you and you not understand why he's doing this to you right so he would have no reason to program the other seraphim to be like that in my opinion you know i think that actually makes a lot of sense given the specific motivation that we have for Vegapunk. Yeah. He doesn't want to see Kuma do it, but nonetheless, seeing the Seraphim, seeing the passive yeah, yeah, yeah. shift size is going to be something that shifts the balance of power for the rest of the story. You for make sure. a good point, though, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. But now Vegapunk's done his last thing, man. I, that's, is is, he, is, is Oda <laughs> going to kill him off is my question. Or... Are we going to get something where it's like we have advanced medical technology on Egghead and so we can actually save his man's life? Do you think Oda actually goes through with his death? You know, I didn't think Kinemon was dead when Kinemon died. You didn't? I didn't. I didn't think he really? was dead. Yeah, I didn't think he was dead. Oh. I, I didn't think that's the way that Oda would have killed a character that was with us for that amount of time. It was very, it was far too sudden and far too just. It, 
God, that, it was an amazing few panels where Kaido just runs in. You see his shadow standing, or his his frame standing over Kenemon, and he has just a moment before getting his source broken. God, I love that panel. But it was far too quick for a character who'd been with us for so long and not nearly as much emotional impact as it would have needed. And that's kind of how I feel about this Vegapunk one. He hasn't been with us for nearly as long as yeah. Kenemon has, but given that he's sort of this old scientist who knows so much about the world. He still has a lot more to give theoretically to the straw hats, to the story, etc. For me to think that he's just going to have died with Saturn stabbing him to the chest right there. Do you think he would serve a purpose in the series that his satellite bodies wouldn't be able to? Do his satellite bodies work when he's dead? I have no idea. There's a lot of questions with that, right? Because if the yeah. main body is dead, with well, the but I also yeah. think that it's important to actually have the main body itself. Like, if it's basically his main body dies, but his consciousness are alive in like Lilith or some jank, like we're not going to be particularly impacted by the death either. It's still going to be another fake out death in the same right. way that whatever right. the one that died earlier, uh, yeah, was. Um, and so I think that the idea that this character Vegapunk who we still need to see some more about the backstory he still has to kind of explain things like the giant robot and the power of the world I think that the lore drops that are required by the end of this arc to continue setting us on the path to the end game uh, yeah. require a living Vegapunk to make that happen I mean that's fair I just similar to the whole Kinemon thing you say you didn't expect Kinemon to die because of like the emotional impact of that scene and how long the character had been with us. But at the same time, my guy got stabbed through his whole body by like a sword that was half his size. Right. So it's almost like physics wise, how is this guy alive? And I feel the same way about Vegapunk. Like this frail little man is just <laughs> been impaled. Like all of his internal organs are done. Like, bro, well, here's the first I, thing, man. Size doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> that's what they all say. It's a lie, Jordan. <laughs> Don't let anyone ever tell you different. That's the first thing, man. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> the size of the sword that entered Vegapunk does not matter in One Piece. Unless we see a dude with a literal fist through his chest, we do not know for sure if he's dead in that moment. I think you're making, you, like, I'm not saying that it wouldn't feel sort of cheap, right? I know you're a big Morge guy. I know Morge has even been really critical of all the death fakeouts, and this might feel like another death fakeout. But again, it's a series in which we've had a lot of death fakeouts, and I think that the chance that this is another one of them just seems totally reasonable and plausible, especially given, especially given the, the, this specific character, how long we've heard of him, yeah. and the fact that he still feels like he has more to contribute. And I think it's possible to say, too, that he might die by the end of the arc, but this is not it. Well, that's fair. And I, uh, to be fair, I don't think this would be a death fake out on the level of something like Pell, right? Right. We right, didn't, right, right. we're not, the, the problem with a lot of those fake outs is that you get a whole, like you said, a whole emotional 
emotionally written chapter and farewell to this character. Like a bone, bone right. play was, I think, for me, it was even worse than Pell's. Where, oh man, you hate on the Bone Clay death, bro. You 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 like the idea that Bone Clay is alive? I think he was. He, I think the role he played in the rest of the story was so interesting. I completely don't mind it. No, no, no. I'm, you mean post Impel Down? Oh, he's, oh no, he's alive post Impel Down. Oh yeah, I was talking about. I was talking about like with Alabasta. He had kind of no, a no, no, no. That too. is fine. He just got arrested and thrown in jail. I have no problem right. with that. I have a problem with the fact that Magellan is chasing all of them. Right. Finds out that they only escaped because this dude stayed back. He's like, any last words? And next thing we see, this guy is like running level five and a half or whatever it is. <laughs> it's like, how? How, how did Wait, he but, survive? But did we like? Did Magellan say for sure he was going to kill him? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I... I he, I've never heard anyone say any last words and yeah, that not like any last I've words left. before getting arrested. No, I that that's not unreasonable. <laughs> it's it's like if he had escaped from Impel Down and was just like running around elsewhere, that would be oh. one thing. But the idea that he's I'm perfectly fine with him being alive, but just he got captured by Magellan no. and Magellan. I, 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 I hate that I, I I hated those fake out deaths because it was literally Oda's way of it was his way of giving us an emotional farewell, but not actually going through with killing the character. This one wouldn't be as bad because it's just sudden one panel. He's been stabbed. You know, like you said, it doesn't hit yeah, as the, emotionally. He as hasn't hit us with the emotional weight of it as in the other ones. It, yeah, exactly, I think that's, right? I think that's a fair point. So yeah, what do you would, think? Is he dead or not? Gun to your head. I think that I think that he is not going to die at the end of this because I like what you said about whether or not the Stella, the Stellas would be able to function without him being around. Because if they can function without him being around, then effectively his death is pointless. Because, like you said, yeah, exactly. Megapunks are still there. And if if and if they if they can't, then yeah. So I I think at the end of the day, we're on Egghead. We're on this island of technology. There'll be like some medical marvel thing that they're able to do to keep this guy alive probably i agree i think that makes a lot of sense and it'll be uh i think it makes a lot of sense and and we'll see what happens to, to him it's a little bit of a weak move from saturn though to be a giant evil spider and not be able to kill like a 90 year old scientist <laughs> in one oh man but that's what we got for the that's what we got for the main parts of the chapter now i know that that's kind of a prediction in itself. But Abraham, you know, what what, what, what do you think is going on in the next chapter? So I think in the next chapter, I think Luffy beats Kizaru. I think he defeats Kizaru and, like, effectively takes him out for the rest of the arc to, to make him irrelevant. I don't think... Luffy versus Saturn is really going to be much of a thing, at least not in this next chapter. That's not a bad, not a bad idea. Now, my my prediction for the next chapter, I forgot, I didn't even mean to say next chapter because the thing I wrote down is not for the next chapter. But I wrote that I think Dory and Bragi are going to die by the end of the series in this way. Oh, oh, by the end of the series. Well, you know, by the end of the arc, maybe series, something like that. 
I think okay. the themes around the themes around generational shifts in One Piece are really big, and I think mm-hmm. that we're gonna start seeing characters like Vegapunk dying at some point, Dorian Bragi mm-hmm. dying at some point to pass the will on to the next okay generation. I like it. I like it. You have your you 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 have an award you want to give out for for the chapter this week. I, I do, man. I got a good award today, man. And you know, I do too. As you know, we were disappointed in Cross Guild not showing up. I think that was a good prediction. It would have been narratively very cool, and we would have been able to be some of the only people on the whole internet. Even if you if you count us, our twenty listeners, as uh, on the internet, in predicting, in predicting this happening. But instead, it was Dorian Bragi, and so I gotta say, man, the waiting for your nut award goes to Oda for bringing Dory and Bragi in this chapter, because they <laughs> were introduced. I went and looked it up. The chapter, I guess it was chapter one hundred sixteen that I just mentioned, came out mm-hmm. December sixth, nineteen ninety nine. That's crazy. 11-06 came out. It is coming out, I guess. What what's what's this Sunday? Like the fifth? No, that's tomorrow. The fourth of February, twenty twenty four. This man waited for his nut for literally twenty five years, and he brought them back. Twenty five years, incredible. I'm so what's disappointed your by your award. Let me yeah. tell you something, okay? <laughs> what you disappointed, man? Did you ever watch the Chappelle Show growing up? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the the player haters ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite Chappelle show skits. I actually rewatched it this afternoon because the award that I'm giving is for player hater of the year, and it goes to to Saturn for <laughs> for all of the shit that he's been getting up to, stabbing a defenseless old man in the back like that. That's true. That's true. Saturn 100% has earned the the Play Hater of the Year award for 2024. All right, then. So that's what we got for the chapter. We got the Player Hater. Oh, I I just noticed I mixed up the order that I was supposed to be in, but that's because I was too busy smelling this good old Thai food in my house that my roommate just brought in. I'm I'm, I'm, It's making me think I might go get some Thai food today for dinner. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. Yeah. That would be an S-class choice. And now it's time for S-class and S-Class theories. Okay. Now, you know, I was getting a little lazy this week. Abraham, you know, I only brought one. That's so let crazy. Me, let, me, let me pass it to you, you know. That I'll That's let you crazy. That's <laughs> crazy how you just rely on your boy to come through for you. <laughs> you don't give me any heads up that you're just coming with one. You're just like, I know Abraham's got at least two, and he'll <laughs> the segment will be fine. Listen, man, I watch on YouTube. It's hard to watch on, like, you know what I'm saying? You just go on Reddit, you scroll, you click, that one looks interesting, you read it, it's cool. I'm out here trying to get the whole, what's like a 20-minute video, 30-minute video. I'm trying to, like, scroll through to the part that has a theory. Oh, that theory sucks. I can't even say that. Ma'am, I might have to come with Uteron every week. That's crazy. All right. Here's, I think you'll like this first theory. This is about a theory about the previous owner of the Nika food. This person says that what if Ace's mom was the previous owner and that's why she was able to be pregnant for 17 months? Now, <laughs> so I just put together that 
I just put together that the reason she's pregnant is because her belly is stretching and it's stretching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I want you to know I rate this in the same category as the Kawina is Mihawk theory. <laughs> like, like, no, Ace's mom is not the previous owner of the Nika fruit. I feel like you just out here saying that I just like every single mom theory, and that's why. <laughs> no, you know it's crazy because one of the one of the most crazy feats we've gotten in this series is the fact that this lady literally just told her baby, "No, don't come out <laughs> for seventeen months." It, it <laughs> you know, it, that really is probably one of the most inhuman things in a series in which people like are giants and turn into robots and turn themselves dark. One of the most like superhuman things someone did is hold a baby in her womb for 17 months. Like, God dang. Uh, but no, nah, man, it's not because she had the gum gum fruit, but it, it's an it's an S class theory in terms of like humor and being like having just enough reality to it for me to like have a laugh and be like I see why where you're coming from and you really thought of something and so I appreciate that. Um, it's not going to be true, but it's going to be an S class theory. Okay. So the one theory I have, sorry for only bringing one Abraham. It's okay. I forgive you. Is about the reason that. The world government, the elder stars, and everything was was coming to was coming to Egghead in the first place. Is that it's not just because Luffy was there, but it was because the Mother Flame was a sample sent to the world government, a sample of the ancient weapon or whatever Vegas was working on by York, and that the whole reason that they want much. Vegapunk is to get the whole Mother Flame created. They don't currently have the weapon available for use, and so they were testing it from York to, to figure out if it was legitimate or not. So now that they have proof that it works, their arrival at Egg at Egghead was to secure York, the punk records, and everything necessary at to recreate the Mother Flame. Did I say eggplant? You, you were gonna say eggplant <laughs> island, and then you corrected yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a common word. Yeah, you just got eggplants on your mind. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about that later now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, sorry. So I, I don't know if I was following that the whole the whole thing. Can you can you can you cut that down to like a sentence? Yeah, we're saying it's, it was from a blog on manga helpers, and I only looked yeah. at it for a second because I almost had zero theories to bring you, so I had to get to the last bit. <laughs> <laughs> basically the reason that the elder stars are on egghead in the first okay. place or that saturn was going to egghead is because they had sent york had sent them that sample of the mother flame while betraying vegapunk okay and so they were they tested it they realized it was real and so they're going back specifically to pick up york vegapunk whatever punk records now that they know they have the knowledge to actually build the mm -hmm. mother flame and they're planning on recreating the true thing in this moment got you got you got you um i i'll, I'll call that an s-class theory i think it's something that could be possible but i don't actually believe it that might be my first s-class theory from you no 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 i've given <laughs> you an s-class theory before you have you have you i have, have. i definitely have no because i 
I think it's pretty clear that, at least the way it's framed in the story, that they're coming to Egghead because they've learned that Vegapunk has betrayed them, right? Presumably York was snitching on, on the Stella. So I I don't I, I, I think that's motivation enough for them to uh have sent like CP0 and all and, and be doing all of that. Also, it kind of makes me think of what we talked about earlier, where we're like, if Vegapunk dies, are his stellar bodies still alive or not? Like York struck up this deal with the, the, the Celestial Dragons, and in return she sold out the rest of the Vegapunk. So that kind of makes me think that maybe their existence is independent of one another. That would be interesting. It, yeah. We'll have to see. Stella's yeah. the one that I'm not so sure about. But what's your last theory now? My last theory, I think you like this one too. This is that T Tashigi looks like Queena because she's an illegitimate Shimotsuki. Ooh. That goes kind of hard. Yeah. So what you're saying is she is not Kuina, unfortunately. Yeah. But somewhere out there, whether it's from the original Shimotsuki clan, whether it's from the original No, Sean, I'm sorry. Sean just showed up in my house. Now, Sean, you early, man. I'm talking about Abraham now. What time? Seven. Six thirty or seven. I gotta get back on this, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can chill over here, but you know. Man, but, when you hear me, I thought I was late. But so it's originally Part of the Shimotsuki. So basically, it would be that Kuina was originally. Basically, it's like, you know, one of the Shimotsukis like running around somewhere, whether it's yeah, yeah. from Shimotsuki Village where Zoro's from, or someone running mm -hmm. around from Wano and the rest of the world just had a child that is related to. Kuina. Yeah. So what this person basically says is that Shimotsuki Kozaburo, who's the one who founded the Shimotsuki Village that Zoro grew up in, that once he left Wano, he was kind of adventuring. And maybe it was a bit of a womanizer, slept with like women, other like other women around the globe. And so that both Kuina and Tashigi are grandchildren of Shimotsuki Kozaburo. I, I love that theory. I think that's very cool. It would help, help explain why she loves swords so much, knows everything about them besides just reading the books. And yeah. even though I would owe Becky a dinner because Gozabora because because it would mean that Kuina is not Tashigi. Wait, you actually you believe that? You thought man, that Kuina and Tashigi were the same person? On, I did at one point, man. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm hoping don't don't <laughs> don't you don't you don't you give me that, man. You think what you think the one piece is on the moon. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you thought they were the same person. Bro, you think the one piece is on the moon. Come on, man. <laughs> you think the one piece in the moon when it's the bottom of Annie's lobby, we're gonna see who's laughing. <laughs> but it's time, it's it's time. I, I think that's all we got for the chapter, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Man, so I've been watching his YouTube videos lately, man. They got this guy Takashi from Japan. You ever see his videos? No. Man, he he he's been interviewing people on the street. And he's saying, what, even if you're on the street and he's saying, do you think going to a brothel is cheating to Japanese people? He didn't receive in Japan. And basically like all of them are like, nah, going to a brothel is not cheating. Is he That's asking it. men, men, women, or both? Men and women. He asked them both. And the women are like, oh, I probably wouldn't like it if my husband did that, but it's not really cheating. Is that not crazy? Like, what's your reaction to that?
just so we're on the same page, is a brothel the same thing as kind of like a prostitution ring or is it more like a strip club? That's what a brothel means, bro. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I don't know. I've never been like, to one. I I've never have, been to one. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I just know what the word brothel means. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. English. That's a hundred percent cheating. I, well, you know what? Well, I'm gonna think about this for a second because maybe there's a little bit of a gray area then, right? Because let's say you're dating someone who's a porn star, right? And she or he, this, yeah, well, that's what I'm, uh, let me get to, you know, you're dating <laughs> a porn star and right. she has to, you know, she's sleeping with these guys for work because this is, this is, you know, how she makes a living. Right. I would say that's not cheating, right? Especially, especially since she's been, you know, involved in this, if, if she was involved in this before the two of you guys got together. I still bro, think going to bro, that's crazy. That's that's so different. You're you're saying for someone who makes their living having sex, it's not yeah. cheating to have sex. But that but for someone who doesn't make their living having having sex, paying yeah. to have sex is surely <laughs> still cheating. Maybe they're just self-employed, you know? <laughs> no, I think it's crazy. It's definitely cheating. 100%. And even beyond that, the other videos that he said, it's like he asked people like, oh, what percentage of Japanese people do you think cheat? And like they're always like, yeah, maybe like 30 percent of dudes, like 15 percent of women. They just like be running around. Oh, the people thought more women cheat than men. No, no, no. 30 percent, 15 percent of women. Oh, 15, 15. Hey, bro, if it was if it was 50, I'm dang, <laughs> I don't have a time to stand. No. <laughs> I'll have a time in Japan. But, <laughs> but like, and that, I wonder how much of that is just Americans not willing to be as open about it. Or how much of that is, like, how, like how many, like, Americans do you think cheat, right? Like, if the numbers are actually that different, or yeah. if people are just more like or people are more open about that because those numbers seem just like high to me people saying it just like out loud you know if you're asking on the street yeah i think i would put the ballpark around like 10 percent of guys and like five percent of women in the u.s that even seems low but oh you think that's low i wonder it i think it'll be really interesting i think at our age it's not yeah that low but i think by the time to be fair he's also asking younger people so it may not be the same but i think by the time we're like 50 i bet if you like ask your friends like how many people cheat and or have cheated it's yeah. like it's not gonna be it's not you're not gonna think it's 10 and 5 well so here's my question is this a life if let's say you've cheated in a past relationship but in the current relationship that you're in, this person is in they have not cheated on this person or when you're asking this survey, are you asking about like lifetime history? Have you ever cheated or no, have you been unfaithful no. in this current relationship? Because based on it, they would be like, yeah, I just like have friends who cheat for fun. <laughs> 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 like the girls are saying that, right? Like, yeah, and like the other day I was at dinner with some Japanese people. Um, and one of them was just like, yeah, my mom was sick. And so my dad didn't seem to mind. He just had three girlfriends or whatever, like one in the next, whatever. But I feel like what, like, there was this thing that happened when I was in college. Some of my college teammates just, like, I don't know, there's some random, like, local runner woman who followed them after meeting him at a meet or something on Instagram. 
Okay. And and they followed they followed her back on Instagram. And completely coincidentally, it turned out she was having an affair with one of the girls on the team's dads. Oh, what? Like, everyone was like, yo, this dude in her photo that she's like, I love you. That's Sarah Yoho's dad. Like, what? And so basically, like, everyone was like, dude, what do we do? Like, what do you, you know? And, you know, like, like when you asked any, like, 50 year, like, everyone's like, yeah, I asked my parents. I don't know. What's they were like, you just let them live their lives. <laughs> That that really made me start thinking, like, dang, like, I wonder what was happening in all these people's lot, these married people's lives who are like fifty something, because they're all just like, yeah, just just let them live your life. Really, really, you ah, maybe uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard for me to think about how I would feel twenty, thirty years from now, you know, about relationships and stuff like that. Maybe at that point, you're just like, you've been with someone for 20 years and you're like, I don't want to go through this whole process of being single, getting to know someone. Like I put this much time into the, this relationship, so I'm willing to overlook that. It seems crazy to me though, because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like something I would be willing to overlook. Yeah. Bro, I'll be, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, you know I'm in the open relationship game, so it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's a whole different... Yeah, the um, last person I'm coming to for 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 advice. <laughs> I'm going to, if I ever get cheated on, I'm going to... It wasn't coming people to coming it. to me for advice. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be sad for you, but I'm going to say that people, you know, it was people who were in these long-term relationships, and I think it's not so much uh, that people are just like, it's a good thing or a bad thing, as it is yeah. that it's a thing that people realize that people have done, people realize their friends have done and people have had different reasons for doing and felt like yeah that it's it's a human thing more than anything else and so there's a part of me that really wonders especially as we get older too um i i think part of it also depends on the circles you run in i'll say the guys that i would hang out with before i came to the like to, to med school my number would have probably been a lot higher than it is now because i've i've literally seen guys like I've seen guys make that I know are in relationship make moves on women while we're out together. Obviously, right. I, I I'm not I don't I don't know their girlfriends, but, right? I, like I only know them, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell someone you know what they should and shouldn't be doing with respect to their own relationship. But I've seen it happen in front of me, right? But with the kind of circle that I run in now, I guess more of like a progressive crowd. I don't know. It seems like it happens less frequently with the 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 kind of circle that I, that that I, I I would I would run in now. I guess we'll find out. We'll check in uh, if we're still doing this. I don't know. We're still running. We're doing this podcast in thirty years. Well, twenty years. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have an answer. Yeah. You want to talk about booty? I always want to talk about booty. <laughs> You want to talk about booty? We we could talk about booty another week. I want to talk about Keishon Boutte. Oh, Boutte. Excuse me. Boutte. I thought we were talking about booty. He's French. <laughs> I think. I don't know. His friend. <laughs> so, for I don't I don't know how much you heard. Have you heard about the story about what happened to this guy? I heard about it on Nightcap, but I didn't get the details. Okay. So, essentially, this dude played for LSU a couple of years ago, college football for LSU. 
And in the span of about two years, people found out, this recently came out, um, it, it came out that he had placed about 9,000 illegal bets uh, it, over a period of two years. <laughs> Not only did he, so first of all, gambling on sports is legal in most states in the U.S. For some reason, this dumbass decided to go and use some illegal, like, I guess, non-certified um, sports web, sports betting website, whatever it was. He right. decides... He decides to to gamble online illegally, and on top of gambling illegally online, instead of you know trying to hide it or anything like that, the username that he decides to use for his two <laughs> accounts are Keishan Butte and Keishan Butte One. <laughs> so this guy put zero effort into hiding his crime as well. Uh, and now oh, he just man. recently got arrested for that because people people found out what about what he was doing. He was also betting on games that he was in. Dude, what an idiot! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it's 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 to take it at each of those levels. You know, the first thing is if you're making however much money you're making as a football player, that's a lot more than you're gonna make doing sports gambling particularly illegally yeah the second thing is anyone who puts nine thousand bets down has a serious gambling issue like Bro, that's in two years that's over it, 10 bets right, a day right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a real like this dude like get get Kadarius tony some help because he needs <laughs> it to get out of these gambling issues he has and of course, the the fact that at least in the other stories you hear like this, you know, they're not necessarily doing it illegally. They're doing it in, you know, they're not necessarily doing it illegally. They're doing it kind of, they're still doing it somewhat discreetly. And it's sort of like, oh, Vegas is going to figure it out because Vegas has software and people checking on these things that you aren't really sure about. When you do it with the username <laughs> Keishan Boutte and your disguise for your second account as Keishan <laughs> one, bro, that is so dumb. I want to I want to ask you something though, as a professional athlete, mm. because he did bet on some LSU games while he was at LSU, and right. obviously, I think it's wrong to bet on your team to lose, right? Because you know you're in the game, you can influence the outcome. Right. I have zero problem with it's I have zero problem with an athlete betting on their team to win a game. It right. would be like I would have no problem with you betting on yourself to win a race. You know? What right. do you think about that? Well, in sports like golf, it's okay where it's an individual sport. Yeah. You know, Rory McElroy can bet on himself, Tiger Woods can bet on himself, those kinds of things. It's not normally yeah. legal there. I think it's really the ones where it affects other people and to be fair right like even if you're saying winning like it's like oh i'm still gonna try and do a good job so it doesn't necessarily seem like that yeah. much of an issue but basically no one right like people are like oh p rose is betting on himself like i'm sure he was and there's no way he wasn't also betting on other stuff you know what i'm saying <laughs> like yeah you know, the number of guys who are actually just betting on themselves like like 
I don't know how much Keishawn Boutte bet while he was at LSU, but I'm willing to bet if he put in 9,000 bets in two years that when he was at LSU, he was also betting on a lot of other stuff he wasn't supposed to be betting on. Probably. Yeah. No, I get it. It's, 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 the optics are horrible. And it's also like, you, you, yeah. It, I think it comes down to optics. You can't, you can't be, you can't. It doesn't come to the optics. It's just, it comes to brain cells. Like, if you have enough no, no, brain no, 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 no. Well, about, <laughs> it does come down to brain cells 100%. I mean, I agree with you there. But I mean, the idea of an athlete betting on their team to win a game. You don't want to do anything that might look like it compromises the integrity of the game. Because right, if right. people start to believe that these things are fixed and there's people, I told you about, I mean, right. I told you about Jamar a couple of weeks ago about how he came up to me at your house and was like, the NFL script is in and XYZ is going right, to, right, like right, people right. already look to find conspiracy theories wherever they can. So right, exactly. stuff like this just gives people like validity to what people, what people think. So I get it. I get it. That's all we got, is it? I think so. I think it's time to wrap up. All right, man. Well, I'm your fast friend. He's your smart friend. We're both your friends who read One Piece. We love you, all 15 people who might listen to this episode. <laughs> yep. You guys are the best. Hey, shout out to Zach, who, who told us he gets some very nice feedback, that he enjoys listening to the show. So we love you, Zach. Appreciate it if you actually made it this far. We love uh, all of our listeners. Every single yeah. day. <laughs> Becky, Zach, you know, Joaquin sometimes. So we, we love you all. And, uh, you know, keep listening. Shit, like it. Subscribe to it. Be, be our fourth four five-star rating on Spotify. Yeah. Take it easy. <laughs>